1: Mental health is my wealth, the stress up on the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in
2: the house know what I'm talking about. The big
1: silence. Well, welcome to the Big Silence podcast. We're to do it live here in Austin. We're yeah.
2: excited. Thanks for having us. Of
1: course. Angie and Mike Lee, um, I met you on a blind date at Soho House Malibu. That's yeah. right.
2: I forgot about that. This is like, how could you
1: forget?
0: Yeah, how could you no, forget? No, I,
2: yeah, I just don't remember. <laughs> well...
0: Because Mike goes to Soho all the time. Yeah, but he's, I, that's
1: his favorite I've only place. Soho, times. I
2: mean Soho Malibu is a great spot. God, I sound so douchey <laughs> <just> starting <laughs> off this podcast. So just I pure lie. douche.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, let's cut that out. <laughs> or not?
0: That but was yeah, like no. 2018 or 19.
2: Yeah, yeah that was before when I moved I Austin. Was, we both were still living in California, basically. <laughs> You were, were you in California?
0: Yeah, I was still, I was in San Diego, would visit LA a lot and then moved to Austin in 2021, almost 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been exactly two years now in Austin this month.
1: So (laughs) for those of you who don't know Angie and Mike Lee, not married, um, (laughs) brother and sister. So Angie, um, we'll get into your story and you were at the forefront of so much Mm. in, I would say, Social media, blogging, entertaining, motivational speaking, getting out there, and um, and also going now. I think a shift in your mm. your passion, and then Mike, you have. In front of millions at like MGM Grand and beyond, and been at the top of your game as an athlete. So I'm op- I'm very interested. I'm just going to let this flow mm-hmm. with you two. And now you are the founders of Soul CBD, mm-hmm. which I love CBD. I know how CBD has helped you, Mike, and with anxiety and depression, yeah. and then. Angie, too. Um, Angie also has ADHD. Mm -hmm. Yay! Yay. Superpower! Yeah, big time. (laughs) Big time. Where am I right now? (laughs) Um, Also a a fellow baby grandma. Yeah.
0: We're we're squirrel friends and baby grandmas together. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to concentrate on shit, and we want to go to bed early.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) pretty
0: much. Well, they're correlated, though, because sleep, and ADHD are so correlated. Like if I don't sleep well, I notice my ADHD is so much worse the next day. But when I sleep well, I don't know if you notice this, mm-hmm. it changes my entire experience. I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually get shit done and focus today if I really prioritize sleep. So but I think that's why I became a baby grandma. Yeah. Because I noticed intuitively if I don't prioritize this, I don't show up as a good person
1: the yeah. next day. <laughs> yeah. So. so let's start out with you, Angie. Mm-hmm. Your career started. 13 years ago? Or how many? A long time ago. I mean, not career,
0: but like... Oh, man, I'm 33 now. I think it was, yeah, it was about 19. It was my first year of of, of college. I remember being in my dorm room, starting to share tips about wellness on social media. I remember you guys were like the OG, of course. I would watch your fitness videos on YouTube, and I was like, they're so cool and cute, and maybe one day I'll be a health blogger. They're cool. And so I would give little fitness tips Uh, while everyone was out partying at frat parties and getting drunk and having fun with their life. I wanted to make content. I thought it'd be fun to create content. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of where it all began. And then from there, it turned into events and physical products, digital products, webinars, meetups. It became a lot of different things, affiliate marketing, influencer marketing. So uh, it is kind of funny to think that it all started just from me kind of just shooting the shit and being like, oh, I just want to share wellness with people. And then that evolved into helping women with business and personal development. And now it's more of a lifestyle comedy personal development brand, I would call it. But it is interesting that it all started when I was nineteen, which is so crazy because I've changed so much, which I should have. have yeah, but well, of course. it is weird to think the of all the evolutions and the iterations of it when yeah. you have a personal brand, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's good and, and evolving. I mean, ever since starting Tone It Up fourteen yeah. years ago, wow. like yeah. I've evolved too, and it's become different, you know, different things. And yeah. as soon as, as long as you're authentic to who you are, and then you share your authenticity with everyone else, like then yeah. they're gonna respond. Yeah yeah it's harder than it
0: it sounds though sometimes. Don't do you feel at all because people see you in one light? Mm-hmm. Right. Because people still see us. Oh, why aren't you on the beach doing the bicep curls? Oh. And you're like, dude, that is part of me. It will always be inside me, but there's so much more to you. Yeah. You, that's not just you. When I think of you, I don't think of you just doing bicep curls on the beach. You in, know a what I mean? yeah. in a bikini twirling. In a bikini twirling, yeah. Like all oiled up so your six pack is blowing. Like I got that, the, the tanner on. Yeah. Like I
1: don't I don't do self tanner anymore. I don't do I don't work out three hours a day anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't live in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, no. it's like you change and you're supposed to, but we have this idea that we're not supposed to evolve and change and especially when your life is you're paid to be you it is really weird when you change because you're like oh shoot how do I show up for people now because I don't even know who I am and I'm changing so what do I say in my content or what do I so that's recently been like my new iteration is like who am I now in my 30s because like I don't really resonate even with 25 year old Angie and something so it's like oh shit
1: (laughs) I know because you wanting to shift more into comedy because I think in today's society there's motivational speaking and motivation and entrepreneurship and being a leader in that light. But at the same time, like people need to laugh more. Yeah.
0: That's been a medicine for Mike too. I I think uh, I've always loved making Mike laugh. We love laughing together. We have the same 13 year old boy sense of humor. We absolutely (laughs) will just DM each other like random poop jokes and just like stupid stuff that (laughs) Mikey will think this is funny. He is immature as well. So we've always kind of used that as our medicine, but um, it's something now that I'm kind of exploring. Obviously, I've infused it a lot into my content more so, and, and I like it. I like script writing. I like making a funny reel, and I, I I love working with brands when they're like, "Hey, be as crazy and wild and weird as you want." There's a there's a freedom in that that feels so good. Yeah, um, it's a high too, right? I get a dopamine hit knowing somebody's laughing. Yeah, at the comment of, "Hey, I was feeling depressed today, and your video made me laugh." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's it. That's yeah. all I want. I just want to know that I could be." just that part of someone's day where they felt a little bit better like that's the gift that I think I'm here to do honestly I don't think I'm good at a lot of things but I'm very clear that I'm here to bring people joy and make them laugh so I'm I'm constantly coming back to like what does that look like in this version
1: of myself right now yeah I think it's important to you know when those say like you've changed like thank you yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've grown. And and, and Mike, in yeah. your career, if you can give us a little background on that and mm-hmm. if people are like, but Mike, you've changed. I
2: have, <laughs> I have changed. Um, yeah, I, I had a, about a 10-year career as a professional athlete, a professional boxer. I started fighting at about eight years old. Um, and just 22 fights later, just realized that it took way too much out of my body. I'm super grateful for the crazy ride that it was. As you mentioned earlier, I got to fight in like Madison Square Garden and MGM Grand and these places that like I'll never forget that feeling of walking out of a tunnel. And it's just very surreal. And it's everything you worked for in that moment. There's 20,000 people there screaming. And, you know, you work so hard for a moment that maybe lasts 36 minutes, like 12, 12 rounds, three minutes each. So it it taught me a lot it also gave me a lot of um i think damage to my body and ultimately why i retired and in the middle of my career i was about 12 and 0 undefeated i felt on top of the world i felt immortal Um, I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease, and honestly, now it's been almost like a decade of dealing with autoimmune issues, and I truly do believe a lot of that was that I was just in fight or flight constantly, given Mm -hmm. what I did, and I didn't have the tools at the time to know about breath work and mindset Mm -hmm. and having a healthy mindset, to be honest, and so it brought me to the point where it broke me. I mean, I was in and out of hospitals. Angie was right there by my side making me laugh uh, multiple times. Um, and I finally got back in the ring, ended up having eight more fights, ended up fighting for a world title, my last fight, and then calling it quits, which has been a blessing and a curse in a sense, because for anybody who has had a career or a life where it's attached to their identity, Mm -hmm. the moment it's gone, it feels like a death of yourself. So like I sit here, I've been retired three years, three years removed. And as much as I don't want to get back into boxing, I still feel this like, hole inside me. I still mm-hmm. feel like I'm still searching for something that'll give me that same feeling. And maybe it'll never be the same feeling as walking out of a tunnel and that adrenaline rush. But um, a lot of guys in the military or athletes or mm-hmm. anybody just kind of transitioning into something new deal with this. And I honestly still struggle with this now. It's like you had such a purpose and a blueprint and a, and a team and community and identity. And it's most importantly, how I received love. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden it's gone and you feel like, well, am I enough if I'm not the boxer and will people still care about me? And so I still struggle with that. And I think I've done a, a better and better job of that. And it's taught me some life lessons, but I've learned to kind of give myself a little bit of grace. I think mm-hmm. that's important for people to do. Um, I was so hard on myself after I retired. I thought of myself as a quitter, even though my body couldn't take any more. And so it took some time to get over that.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of athletes speaking out now. And I understand like you, this is you. And I even feel that with Tone It Up, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like, this is your identity. So you have to learn like that is not you, like who you truly are. Mm -hmm. And, but so many people are speaking out about that. And so how have you dealt with that? And has it caused now, so you have the autoimmune disease, Mm -hmm. which um, I know you don't remember our first blind date, but um, <laughs> we talked about like psoriasis and, yes. and all that. Um, yes. Was that, is that a, a byproduct of your autoimmune disease?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, which uh, affects the spine. And mm-hmm. then from there, it was just um, a domino effect of, you know, mold, heavy metal. Uh, I actually recently got diagnosed with chronic Lyme which is really interesting because now we wonder if that kind of set everything in motion Mm -hmm. and caused these other autoimmune issues. But in terms of how I deal with it, I I just, I mentioned, give myself grace, but the pain that I've gone through, I think has been such a gift. And I say this all the time because it pushed me into a new way of thinking like breath work, meditation, um, even just kind of mindfulness. And I know that word is like probably overused, but just Understanding myself a little bit more, actually going to therapy, which I never did like during my career. I always thought that was like a weakness. I mean, mm-hmm. my job was to beat people up. So it was tough for me to be, you know, in interviews, an ESPN or an HBO fight and sit there and be like, I'm actually struggling with depression, mm-hmm. which I was. I mean, I, I think I've struggled with depression since I was a little boy. I always knew something was a little off. I remember I was eight years old and I told mom, that I was really, really sad and I didn't know why. And it felt like a gray cloud. I I remember being eight and knowing I felt a little different. And then on top of that, you add um, concussions and head injuries, Mm -hmm. which I think can exacerbate those symptoms. So during my career, I didn't feel authentic really towards the end because I was dealing with so much pain. I was dealing with depression. They had me on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, the whole litany. I was on eight different medications at one point. And I'm sitting up there in press conferences in front of thousands of people or Millions watching, and I'm telling them how excited I am, how great I feel, how mm-hmm. this is the best training camp I've ever had. Meanwhile, on the inside, I'm like dying, you know? Mm-hmm. So that really didn't feel authentic. So I think how I fixed that was post retirement, I'm now living a much more authentic life. Like me, even talking like this is so much more authentic to me because. I mean, can I swear on this? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like I just don't give a fuck anymore. Like, yeah. and I,
1: yeah,
2: I say that because I used to care so much about what mm-hmm. people thought. And now that I'm retired, I'm not worried about will my opponent think I'm weak? Will, you know, the boxing community think I'm weak? Will the, the TV network not sign me to a new deal because they think I'm damaged goods? I just don't give a fuck. And it, it's actually given me like a wild sense of freedom.
1: Mm. Well, that's beautiful too, because especially men don't speak about their feelings or what they've been through and as you said earlier push it under the rug as you're growing up and yeah so congrats congrats you is that the word Congratulate, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for having that voice and speaking up and um so with your depression
2: mm.
1: now like how, where is that standing
2: i'm off antidepressants yeah um and not not to demonize antidepressants at all. I think for some people it works. For me, I just noticed it kind of just, how do I describe it? It it made things just more numb for me Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't quite move the needle. And I kind of, it sounds, I used to go to a lot of Tony Robbins conferences mm-hmm. and kind of understand that like depressants oftentimes are just the Band-Aid. And mm-hmm. while they can totally help people and I support them if they help people, you got to get to the root cause. And so that's what I slowly started doing so. Um, My depression is really, I don't want to say it's completely gone because I still go through a little bit of ebbs and flows, but it's like 90% better. It's so much better since I retired from boxing. And I think that might have been like the huge catalyst for that change was once again, me living that inauthentic life at the Mm -hmm. time. So the depression and the anxiety has definitely gotten significantly better along with, there's a bunch of little tricks. Um, interestingly enough with nutrition, I've noticed that when I reduce my carbohydrates and I go much more kind of keto esque, um, there's a lot of studies proving that <clears throat> keto in fact helps with brain health and brain function and Alzheimer's and a bunch of different uh, brain related inflammation diseases. And so I started researching that and noticing that my diet will correlate to my mood as well. And so, um, as good as it feels to eat a bunch of pizza and pasta, mm-hmm. it, it can it's put in me moment. into like depression. You yeah. know, yeah. it's like you're happy, then you're not happy. It's a big roller coaster. So yeah, it's it's doing a lot better now.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever, you know, Dr. Eamon? Yeah,
2: yeah, we we went to go see him and oh, you got, I was got gonna scans. Ask. Okay, I and see. then we yeah. interviewed
1: him together. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah He's been on the results. pod too. Okay, wait, what were your results? I want to know both of yours. Well,
0: typical ADHD. Yeah. Uh, type one. There's seven different types, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so highly creative. But if uh, unless there's not a dopamine hit if i'm not interested in something that's difficult for me to to uh to to, to do it yeah. right uh, which i think is a lot of people though so sometimes i'm like i feel like every human's like that and then mike was um i forgot i mean for you it was just some some holes in the. <laughs> what yeah it, okay it looks a lot scarier than it is for anybody taking it there's like literal holes they show you They're where like, this shit. loss of oxygen but then it looks like a hole so you're like is there a hole in my brain but i had one even here and i'm like what the heck and he's like well did you do any sports i'm like yeah of course i it was a gymnast He's like, yeah, absolutely, you fell at one point. I'm like, really? I don't remember. He's like, of course, you were a kid rolling around doing backflips. So mine came back with a little bit of that. And then Mike, obviously, it showed that you've been hit, right? <laughs> a
2: few yeah, times. I But know you didn't have did.
0: like ADHD or anything. It was more no, so— um
2: it was spot on, which was wild. Um, a lot of it was lack of blood flow in my prefrontal cortex <laughs> and then a few other areas, which kind of made sense in terms of my mood generally kind of being very high. My highs are high and my lows are low. <laughs> um and so I ended up I bought a hyperbaric chamber, and I mm-hmm. think that was really important. Oh, at your getting house? hit yeah at my home
1: oh, but <laughs> explain what that does so you got that to help with
2: yeah, I got that a bunch they had a whole um uh, a bunch of recommendations, a lot of it nutrition based um a lot of it mindset based but the hyperbaric oxygen basically uh pressurizes um your body and it forces oxygen into your blood cells at a higher rate. So anytime you're flooding your body with oxygen like that, you're promoting healing. And so a lot of people that have had seizures or even uh, types of autism, anything uh, or brain related, have been getting significant results from hyperbaric treatment. It's been around for decades. Um, And so I actually was using it kind of proactive, proactively throughout Mm -hmm. my entire career. I had a hyperbaric chamber in Houston in like two years in of turning pro. My like fourth fight. And I just knew I was like, listen, I want to be articulate. I don't want to be punch drunk. I'm really worried about concussions, but I also want to chase my dream. So I was in hyperbarics for a long time. And Dr. Eamon actually said that probably is a reason why um, my given that I had 22 pro fights and so many amateur fights that my brain actually wasn't that bad. Mm. So yeah, I'm doing okay.
0: Mine mine was worse. (laughs) They're just different. Which is interesting, because I feel we're very similar, but then also very different, our brains. Yeah. So it's cool to see that, because we are literally from the same mom, but then you're, uh, we're siblings, but then our brains are functioning and are so different. So it's like the nurture versus nature yeah. thing is always fascinating to me. Like, we grew up in the same household, but our life experiences and how we've experienced just trauma and learning, and even in school, we learned so differently. So it, it kind of is
1: cool to see it on scans, yeah. of like, this is you, this is me. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I, I I feel like I'm I'm fine. I definitely yeah. have, like, hit my head a lot. Oh, really? But- Oh, snowboarding back All in the day, day or stuff like that. But um, no, I mean, I feel good. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm not like nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous. I'm I'm interested. But then sometimes because I feel like I'm yeah. so mentally well that like I don't need to know anything. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. But then I, yeah. I uh, you know, my mom had brain scans when I was yeah. growing up and they could see like mental illness in her brain. Yeah. And it's just interesting. And I, yeah. I don't know.
0: I think you have to go in and know that the brain is extremely malleable. That was something that he reiterated uh, and I think is really helpful that they do that and important because when you give someone a verbal diagnosis, I believe it's a little woo, but you're you're basically saying to someone, this is the, your death sentence or this is the yeah. thing that you are. Yeah. Even ADHD, I think I'm, I'm learning like, okay, I talk about it, it's fine. But it's like, uh, if you say it so much to a kid or to somebody- it almost makes it worse because you're like, this is you. You're different. This and is what's wrong with you. And then I live up it. to the identity yeah. even more because like, yeah. that's who I am. So my mom didn't tell me I had it because she didn't want me to think that there was something wrong. So, so I didn't know. I just knew I was a kid in school that, like, I didn't want to watch the boring movie while other kids were. And then I was, like, in the corner, like, drawing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my, my mom never told me. She never was like, oh, you have this thing. So I think almost knowing that, going in going, okay— If there is something they see, the brain can heal. The brain can change. Like going in with like a positive mindset before you look at the results. Instead of like, okay, what they tell me is I'm doomed for life. Yeah. Right? I think that's, I guess, the only way to go into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know. So then after you saw your brain scans (laughs) and then like, what do you do? You're like, oh, well, I already knew I had ADHD. True.
0: Yeah. I wasn't (laughs) super surprised when I had my consult. I think it was more fascinating to learn the different types. And I think it was interesting because there's only so many tools in the toolbox. You know, there's a lot of lifestyle things that I had already been doing, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. So such as, uh, you know, fitness, obviously, like moving my body physically, moving that energy. Um, if I don't work out, I notice it, it uh, manifests as anxiety or mm-hmm. a lack of focus. Uh, fish oil, healthy fats, eating really well, sleep, sleep is huge. So there, there's these fundamentals that aren't as fun as just taking an Adderall, of course, but mm-hmm. they're the really important foundations. So I find that their clinic's great, but they obviously will say to you, hey, are you open to medication or not? And I said, no. So then, okay, here's supplementation. Here's food. Here's lifestyle. Uh, learn time blocking. Learn how to outsource stuff. Like they, they are. It, it gets a little trickier then. You actually have to work harder at it. Then, oh, here's some Adderall. It'll probably make you feel great every day. <laughs> yeah. So, you know? so which is fine if people want to be on it. But I decided I, I don't know if I want to be dependent on something like that every day. That right. can be intense. It's, it's an amphetamine. Uh, there is a new one that came out, actually, that's not, that I actually am considering trying out just a little bit. For the first time, uh, to be honest, um, it's called Stratera. But even that, it's like okay, now I gotta—I don't know. So I want to see the side effects. I just, I just always want to know, you know, before just like jumping into taking something. So I don't know. It's an interesting one because right now there's actually an Adderall out uh, shortage. So All many right. people are looking for it that it's out. And it feels good, I'm sure. I mean, I've done it a few times. I I know, I didn't do anything but read a book for like nine hours. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> intense. I, was, I felt like I was on crack. But <laughs> And I do I do have friends who are on a very low dosage Monday through Friday, and it works for them. But I you have to be careful to see if it disrupts your sleep. Because then if it hurts your sleep, now you're in a cycle of, I can't sleep, I'm up at night. So then in the morning, I'm taking Adderall because I can't sleep at night. And then that's where it gets really dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to look at everything from a holistic perspective of your lifestyle habits in addition to if you want to also do meds.
1: So for someone with ADHD, what is time blocking? What's the advice on that?
0: Yeah, essentially what time blocking is, is funny because we were just talking about how we <laughs> did this with our podcast, but it's basically you're doing one specific uh, similar task in a condensed amount of time, similar to a sprinter, which is interesting because mm-hmm. I was a sprinter. So if you're saying today is, let's say you're writing a book, the person listening is writing a book. Okay, today's book writing day. That's the one thing you're doing. That's the one thing you're focused on. You're going all in for usually they've done studies, three to four hours is the is the amount of time that a creative can really be in the zone. There's about four hours of every day. That's like your, they call mm-hmm. it your peak time, that you're like you're in it, you feel it. So let's say I would do four hours of writing a book. Okay, the next day is four hours of content. Okay, the next day is four hours of podcasting. Instead of trying to do a little bit of all of that in one day, which is what I notice, I'll, I like to be scattered, mm-hmm. like a little bit of this, that can actually be worse instead of saying this is what is the focus only for four hours. So you're blocking, you're batching. Yeah. It's basically batch creating content. Like, if you're going to do this, do, like, a bunch of these in one or two days, and then your brain gets time off, and then you're on, and you're off. So it's like the sprinter mentality. I'm not the best at it yet. I mean, we try. We try.
1: And now I know I open up my calendar in the morning, and Mm -hmm. I have—I'm like a scribbler and a note taker, and this, 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 and I look at it, and I'm like, close. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, now it's getting confusing because according to the outage, it's like everybody thinks they have it now. So it's like, okay, who sincerely actually has it? Yeah. And then I think everything's a spectrum, right? It's like, okay, at certain times of your life, it's going to be worse than others based on your stress levels. I Mm noticed like anxiety and sleep completely change it. Like today I feel good because I slept really well last night. So I feel like I'm here. I'm very present. It's not difficult for me to get something done right now. So a lot of it, it, it fluctuates. It's not, like, linear. Yeah. So that's the issue, too. And people just label me with it. I'm like, yeah, well, sometimes I don't feel it. Yeah. And then my cycle, right? That's
1: well, like, yeah. <laughs> my period. I'm like, ah. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's the important thing, too. And just know. normalizing those feelings because yeah. our female cycles or just our lives and there's the highs and the lows and that's okay. Yeah. And then being able to talk about it more because— and just like, oh, I feel this coming on. This is how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. And if you have a, a, a partner, which you both do, um, letting them know, like, oh, he hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's Clay, it's very clear. We have like little sticky notes and stuff. Yeah. And,
0: well, okay, the, okay the, you were joking. that The superpower of anxiety is you're usually highly creative people. I come mm-hmm. up with the weirdest shit. And I'm like, oh, my brain will just like think of the weirdest, coolest things. And I'm grateful for that. But also the side effect is a lot of anxiety and shame. Shame. Mm-hmm. That's the word I want to use, which is really sad because I— I shouldn't feel that, but there's days where I, you feel shame about it because you're like, why am I stupid? Oh, I'm stupid and other people are smart. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. growing up, I would come home from school and feel so much shame. And then when you're in the shame cycle, what do you think happens? You don't want to do anything because you're embarrassed mm-hmm. to even try. Mm-hmm. Because if you fail, then people are like, "Knew mm, you, you couldn't do it. It's like a weird cycle that you almost have to break and be like, no, step-by-step, step, baby steps. I can do this just because the kid next to me could read the instructions or figure it out. And I have to grab the box and and touch the thing to figure it out. doesn't make mean I'm stupid. It just means we're different. And So I notice if I get into that shame cycle now as an adult in my 30s, I'm like, stop it. Because like, I don't want to give that to my kids one day. Like this shame. It's like, shame makes it worse. Then I'm like, then I don't want to do anything. Then it's like, I say, screw it. Instead of just trying, you know? (laughs) So that's how it shows up for me. The the, the dark side of it, you can say.
1: How do you self-motivate both of you? Like if anxiety comes on or you're feeling a depressive day, Mm -hmm. do you let yourself rest? Or do you self-motivate? Or do Mm -hmm. you do certain things to...
2: We talked about it earlier. Angie mentioned how she wants to bring joy to the world and Mm -hmm. she brings laughter. And I truly believe that's been a great medicine for me. And, you know, it's almost like you fake it till you make it. And once again, I don't have all the answers, but I will say one of the biggest tools that's worked for me when I have high anxiety or especially depression is Putting on, like, comedies. Mm-hmm. So you know how, like, when you're sad, it's, it's easy to, like, grab a bowl of ice cream or play a sad movie. You just like you want more of it. I do completely the opposite. I watch, like, Will Ferrell movies. I throw on, like, bloopers on YouTube. Even, like, the night before a fight when I was nervous, I would just, like, watch bloopers on YouTube. Anything that got me laughing. In fact, even when I would come out of the tunnel... Every single fight of my career, I would say this. I would say, have fun, baby. Have fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would mouth it. And you could see I'd be like, have fun, baby. Have fun. And so anytime I was like flowing and having fun, it kind of made me forget about anxiety or depression. So that might be pushing under the rug. I'm not entirely sure. But for me, it's really, really worked. And I think that God put Mm. us together, too, because in some of my darkest moments, like literally being in a hospital bed, she's come in in like a Darth Vader costume And like, you know, it was Halloween. Okay. Time to
0: get some context. I'm not a psychopath.
2: Yeah. But still, it's just like little funny shit to make me laugh. And then it it makes me realize, like, stop taking this shit so seriously. So that's my by far my biggest tool and my biggest thing that I usually tell people to try out is like force comedy, whatever that is for you. Uh, in those moments and just get a little laugh going.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. think I love the have fun baby and it's mm-hmm. not pushing things under the rug, in my non professional opinion, because I've had to walk into many boardrooms and meetings that you're just freaking nervous and like mm. armpit sweating, mm-hmm. like, and you overthink it. Mm-hmm. But really, life should be fun. Yeah. So if you're, I'm like, I'll take a few deep breaths and I visualize what's going to happen, which as an athlete, I'm yeah. sure you did that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, just have fun, yeah. laugh, be you, and like, yeah, whatever's gonna happen happens. Just be your best self and put yourself out there. So that's I really like that. cool.
2: Yeah. When when were you feel like you were the most nervous before those events? I know you, we talked about that nationwide tour you mm-hmm. did, and were were those pretty nerve wracking? Just because you know how much physical exertion you had to do or
1: i mean, 15 cities in 30 days is a lot and Gosh. angie I mean, both of you you've been wow. on stage yeah. Yeah. and like it's a drug you though. are <laughs> it was
0: good but then when you get off you're like oh.
1: <laughs> well yeah and i'm yeah. and I, many years i would call myself just a straight-up introvert now i'm an extroverted introvert mm. Ooh, okay so i can go up there and i can do everything and like you know, and connect and I love it but then I just need to crawl in my little baby mama shell and say bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, That's a lot of yeah, but, performers though.
0: Yeah. A lot. A lot of people don't know that about, I mean, gosh, athletes, singers, comedians. Yeah. Like, if you meet some of the biggest comedians in the world, like, they're they're fucking weird in person and, and in the best way. I'm fucking weird but like, they, they're like very introverted and socially awkward and people yeah. think they're this charismatic person that they are on stage. It's like, no, that's their alter ego. They're embodying this version of themselves. So it's not always that extreme, but you know this with YouTubers or anybody. Yeah. Like you meet them in person, you're like, oh wow, you're actually really shy. Like you're so yeah. different than like, well, hi guys, welcome to today's episode. You know, and it's like, that's not who she is, which I, is fine, but it, it's cool that like people need to know that that sometimes is um just that who they're like who they are for their work, which is a version of themselves, right? It's like yeah. an alter ego. Yeah. And so then when
1: you're and I'll answer your question with yeah. the hardest part too. Then if you meet someone when they're not on stage or not performing and like you're at the airport and you're just like yep Mm. you know and, like, leave me alone and then someone meets you and then they're like oh my god I met Karina she was such a bitch like, she, I she that wasn't one. that girl on stage
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and you're like leave me alone I'm a normal person I want a hermit right now
1: leave me alone but I've also yeah. heard like <laughs> Oprah has said the same thing yeah. like, so then we're yeah, fine we're fine we're, oh, you know
0: what our girl Oprah <laughs> she's also when she's off she's off stage when she's on she's on yeah yeah it's interesting I think what Mike said too I echo the the sentiment around sometimes like I just, uh, I almost wonder if it's to a fault, though. It's like, why are we taking this experience so seriously, right? I always say we're these cucumbers, because we're mostly made of water, right? So Mm -hmm. we're basically these cucumbers, and then we're rolling around right now. Like, we're hanging out on this ball, this blue ball that's mostly water, like, in space. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, it doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. And so then when I get really sad or anxious or have, like, a really low day, yeah, I kind of like, this. it's fine. Like, just have fun. Like, what would be fun right now? Or what would bring you energy, you know? Yeah. Because if you take it so seriously, it gets really heavy. And then you're like, this is all so serious. And this is going to matter. And it's like, we're cucumbers (laughs) hanging out on a ball. I think we're supposed to just, like, do what you love. Have a good time. Be around good people. And, like. I don't think we our brains were meant to take in a lot more than that. So,
1: is, I don't know. This is your new mantra. Have fun, baby. Have you're fun, just a baby. cucumber. You're just a cucumber. <laughs> People love that in my audience. I just
0: said it once, and now it's like a thing. People will DM me like, Angie, I remembered I'm a cucumber today. So I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, you're a cucumber. I don't know. It's I like, can
1: envision like a little helps. like emoji of a cucumber yeah, yeah. laughing. We didn't do yeah. that.
0: Well, like, you know, when you go into nature or you're on a hike yeah. and you see like all the the— the creatures like bugs or whatever on the ground and you see all this stuff going on. That's so much bigger than us. And then you're like, Oh, and I'm stressed about a stupid email today. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you think of the bigger picture and it actually helps you to like stress less because you realize it's like part of this big thing.
1: Mm. I don't know. So Mike, I think you're asking, um, yeah. What the the toughest part of Mm -hmm. like, maybe like talking about the 15 city tour, Yeah, I think expectations and mm-hmm. what you're delivering. And like, mm-hmm. are you good enough? Are you doing your best? Because we're, all, I mean, you, you, like, am I doing my best? And then afterwards, you're like, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I mm-hmm. slipped on this word. Oh, I forgot that for me on stage. I forgot that beat. I forgot that move. Like, no, it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> if I miscounted my squats. <laughs> 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 it's, it's just It's just life. It
0: happens. But I could see how that'd be hard. No, you're right. Expectations, Aww, yeah, huge, that's hard. that you mostly
2: put on yourself. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Nobody cares. Those squats. I mean, maybe. I know. you didn't do enough squats. <laughs> I was more. I was
2: always more afraid of losing than getting hurt.
1: Yeah, I, I was oh, like, wow, that's yeah. Me.
2: Especially, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Towards the end of my career, maybe not so much because uh, I was more concerned about my health. But um, yeah, I was definitely always wow. more concerned about losing than getting hurt. Well, I'd I'd rather get hurt and win because of
0: shame, embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, we'll do anything as humans to not feel shame. I've heard mm-hmm. it's one of the lowest vibrations. Like, it's you have joy, ecstasy, love, and, like, one of the lower ones. You know this more than me if studying emotions. I guess shame is, like, really low. There's, like, anger is actually a step above it. So if you're, like, in shame, it's like, at least get angry because at least that's something. Mm-hmm. It's an emotion you can, like, move the energy with. So, like, feeling like you're shameful or you just mean wrong or embarrassed is, like, the worst. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of sad that you were like, I'd rather just get hurt than feel that feeling. of. It makes sense. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Just, Just have fun, baby. That's crazy, baby. man. You're a cucumber.
2: <laughs> You're a cucumber. <laughs> cucumber. Punching each other.
0: I mean, we are. Are we like 60% water or something? No, but I, like, I
2: mean, I, I, it, honestly, this is a good reminder for me to like have fun, baby. Like, like honestly, yeah. like, I'm kind of thinking I need like a sign like that or something. Because I, I say this all the time. I said it every single fight. Yeah. I forget about it a lot. Like, I haven't thought about that for months and months, to be honest. So,
1: do you still have that... Um, now starting a business at CBD, mm-hmm. do you put that same pressure on you now?
2: I think I do a little bit. I try to be a very uh, empathetic leader
1: because
2: mm-hmm. I, I do think that I, I'm an empath and I do think that can be a superpower. So I, I definitely put pressure on myself, yes, in terms of the business and find myself doing a lot of the same shit that I was doing during my career, which is comparison syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, we're crushing it. We did this amount this year, but I just heard this company did this amount, you know, and then I compare myself to that founder. Um, But I'm very proud and and I've done more and more a better job of kind of stepping back and not and taking kind of those expectations off. I think it's a blessing and a curse for a lot of people because in a way it keeps me pushing. It keeps me motivated. I, I always want more, but it's like, how do you tame that dragon? So to speak versus wanting more and not letting it kill you. And I think entrepreneurs always kind of deal, entrepreneurs, artists, like anybody kind of creative as well deal with that. Mm.
1: All right. So you have both being an athlete and being in the fitness industry Mm. because you were in the fitness industry before and explain that. Oh, yeah. I did uh, a lot of bikini competitions,
0: Mm. fitness modeling, ate chicken breast every two hours on the clock because I thought my metabolism would die if I didn't. Some asparagus, maybe Mm. six almonds Mm. if it was like a high fat Mm. day and just depleted my body and then we do like two hours of cardio on top of that just to get shredded. Uh because I thought that's what you had to do to be healthy and yeah. to be liked and to be loved and be fit. And now I'm like, oh my God. It's insane. It was bad. It was not it was not healthy.
1: Yeah. No, Kat and I did yeah. in the beginning of Tone It Up we did a Miami Bikini universe. I remember
0: that. Oh my <sighs> gosh. I remember you guys were like, we'll never do this again. We
1: were last place. But <laughs> 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 hey
0: but, but it's sad but because you guys like rocking bodies so like if you got last place like who got first like come on that's that fun. whole
2: system's so subjective it's just like oh, yeah. you know what I mean yeah it's just but, random hey, dudes
0: like, judging you on your butt yeah, cheeks and su- like how developed your glutes are and you're like dude I've dieted so hard to get here I can't even see straight I haven't had a blueberry in six months <laughs> and this bro's like do mm, don't look good and I'm like oh, and I spent a thousand dollars on a b-
1: sparkly bikini suit Oh my god, I I I'm heel. Like, s- I'm basically a stripper yeah exactly I <laughs> Stripper heels. I put sequins on a bikini. Pat yeah, and I were flying yeah. to Miami, sewing our bikinis, eating chicken and asparagus. And the guy on the there are three rows. This young boy was next to us. Like, what is happening? Yeah, he's like, are you guys
0: going to Vegas? No, we're gonna go show our muscles on stage. And yeah.
2: Like, so let me get this. I straight. definitely had
0: orthorexia, which is like I thought it was healthy, but I went too far. But also then it messed up my idea of like what is health and overtraining yeah. and like just, you know, <laughs> my adrenals were shot after that for like years. <laughs> it was just I mean, not good. Shout out to anyone who does competitions. <sighs> yeah, take time off. Just like <laughs> get your metabolism in a, I don't know. Just ask just, yourself why you're doing it. Maybe that's the, I don't know. It's cool if you're doing it for the right reasons. You're like, I want to see if I can do this. But what happens is I did that once, <laughs> but then it, it doesn't, you mess with your what head. it started as, it doesn't evolve as. It started as a good intention. Let me see how fit I can get. Let me see. I'm already a fit person. Let's go. And then by nine shows in, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm addicted to this thing to get approval because then I post a picture of me and then people click like and then they comment, oh, you look so good. Oh "Oh my God, I better keep doing it. I better stay lean because then people won't like me. People won't love me. Okay, I'm going to go do more cardio. And then you're in this system where you're like, what am I even doing anymore?
1: Yeah. And then you have to unplug your brain of like what then you, you know, there's like that roller coaster of you have to lose all the weight and get lean. And for well, Mike, no, yeah, I like looking <laughs> at Mike. Mike's please like, don't <laughs> even bring it up PTSD.
0: But as a woman, it's Dude. like, the, women are not meant to be that lean that long. We're just yeah. not like, oh my gosh. I mean, unless you naturally are that, but if you're like that, you don't need to be shredded 24 seven. That's so weird. And then you had to do it all the time too. So then when he started doing it after I was done, I was like, oh my God, that feeling of being hungry and thirsty. It thirsty, the worst part. Being thirsty, oh, is, thirsty. is the worst and you, when you can't you oh I remember they had to dehydrate the night before mm-hmm. and I was like I think being extremely thirsty is almost worse than being
2: hungry mm-hmm. it is 100% <laughs> I, that, that was the big thing that gave me Ugh. issues because most of what you do when you're cutting weight as a fighter is water weight at mm-hmm. the end
0: yeah is that asparagus so, it'll do yeah. it
2: my last fight I had to lose 32 pounds <laughs> yeah I mean I lost wow. like 11 the week of the fight it's not fun Guys, don't do
0: that. Anyone listening, be nice to your body. Be kind to your body. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So now, so in the your past fitness world, yeah. How do you manage fit? Like, what do you do for fitness now? What is your nutrition? What do you focus on?
2: I. I mean, yeah. honestly, I have fun, baby. I, <laughs> yeah. Like
1: pickleball. You play pickleball? Oh, I was like, yeah. You surf? No, yeah.
2: all I do for exercise <laughs> now is things that are fun. So pickleball, yeah. basketball. I'll lift maybe here and there, but just pickleball, basketball, surf when I lived in California. No, any, anything that I'm having fun now right now, yeah. I'm in that season where I'm like, let's, that's what I do. And then nutrition, I definitely don't kill myself anymore. Like if I want to have a treat here and there, I will. But I've just noticed for me, mental health and especially with autoimmunity, that when I go gluten-free, dairy-free, usually closer to paleo. And reduce my grains and carbs and go high in fat and uh, protein, which is actually similar to what we did when I was cutting weight towards the end of my um, uh, cycle before a fight. I just feel better. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like not myself on a strict diet, but like I just don't want to feel like shit tomorrow. So I'm going to say no to that. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say I focus a lot on uh, blood sugar, blood sugar Mm. management. I'm really into that. I think that has been shown. If you focus on blood sugar, you can fix and or. Keep a lot of things working, like wh- whether that is focus or fat loss or any of those things. So I'm always focusing on protein, balancing blood sugar, staying really hydrated. I walk a ton. I love walking. Walking mm-hmm. for me is like a, I call it nature's EMDR, which is basically mm-hmm. you, you probably know about EMDR, right? Mm-hmm. Which is essentially a type of therapy they do, and I guess CBT therapy, right? Where you like you click and you tap stuff. They've shown that the person who invented it, the reason they've fa- invented uh,
2: this- walking, no,
0: no, <laughs> the man who invented walking, no, the per- the the psychologist who invented EMDR, yeah. oh they showed that she noticed that it's similar to the motion of the the crop. What is the term? I guess when your arms are doing the opposite, you know. Yeah. There's, um <laughs> stimulates parts of your brain.
1: If you're listening and you want to know more about M- EMDR, I always refer to Gabby Bernstein's oh, yeah. um, podcast mm-hmm. on The Big Silence. She like goes deep into yeah. it. And it's a really, I'm terrible at explaining things, even though I've done all of it. I'm yeah. like, go over to the experts.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Walking as silly as simple and as simple as it seems has been such a, Interesting therapy tool for me. It's where I get all my ideas. I voice myself notes. If I'm sad, I'm like, I'm going to go on a walk. Lately, I've been doing this thing where I go on silent walks. Mm -hmm. It's trippy. No, no song, no music. Don't call anyone. Don't text anyone. Don't do anything. It's so hard the first five minutes. And then you're about 15 minutes in and you start to really like be with yourself. And you're like, oh, whoa, Mm -hmm. whoa, this is what I'm actually sad about. Or this is what's going on. There's a guy who wrote the book, The 12-Hour Walk. I'm going to do it. Where you go out, you grab a backpack, you grab your phone for safety, but you just find a thing and you go for 12 hours silent. And so you're out in nature. It's not like you're in the dark or anything, but you just do it. And he says, by the end of 12 hours, people's lives are changed and it's free. You yeah. just go on a walk for 12 hours. And by the end, you're like, whoa, I just like felt all this stuff I didn't know I was feeling. And like, it's just like really cool. So, walking's been huge. And then dance. I love dance class. Dance class gets me hype. And I just like, I'm like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's go. Isn't it like being in <laughs> silence, how calming it can be? I've never and been on a
0: walk for 12 hours in silence, though. So, I don't know yet.
1: The most in silence, like silent <laughs> yeah. meditation, the longest I went was four hours once. Yeah. And like, it was incredible. Did you
0: feel like you went through the waves of okay, this is awkward. I don't want to be alone, and then ooh, this feels good, and then oh yeah, like, you
1: went through. The- well, it was at the Kyle Cease retreat. Oh yeah, and that's it was so cool. like five. I still need to five days, and so every day we, I mean, he talks, and you know, he's into comedy yeah, and yeah. self development, and then a lot of it is in silence. And you're in a group with like 200 people, wow. and we're all just sitting there quiet. See, the power of walking though is cool because then you're you're doing the
0: the opposition for your brain. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. then you're stimulating parts of your brain. You're out in nature. You're getting fresh air. So I like the idea of this more than just like sitting there still for 12 oh hours. I would, like, I would just stare at a wall. Like, like, what am I going to yeah, do? Closed, like, uh, 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 uh. So at least, at least this, I won't feel like I'm going as crazy, but I'm excited to do it. I want to do it like in the next few weeks and like grab my phone, put it on airplane mode, tell everybody what I'm doing. And I'll be like, see you in
1: 12 hours. Bring some snacks. Snacks, So water. what'd you
2: notice? Why, why'd you like it? I'm yeah. curious why you feel like it was so incredible.
1: So I always quote Kyle on this where he always says, if you can't sit with yourself in silence, how do you expect anyone else to sit with you? Mm -hmm. And Bobby and I went to this retreat twice together. And it was at Asilomar in Northern California. And the first day, we're like, I can't do this. This is terrible. And then it's like 24 hours in silence where we had a date in silence. And it was like oh. one of my... Wait, what? What do you mean? Like you're sitting there no, eating we, food? No, we went back to the Airbnb. That's how my dates are now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not how dates are supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like we weren't supposed to talk for 24 hours. And what? so we went back to Airbnb, grilled food, sat on the porch. It was in Monterey Bay. There was a rainbow and we'd be like pointing. Did you do it? You didn't break at least once. No. Did you laugh though? Like you'd sit there and laugh? No, we would just like...
2: No, no Point. phone. Did no. you have electronics?
1: Um, No, I had my phone. Bobby actually ziplocked his phone up for <clears throat> five days. Wow. And you couldn't write
0: That's them right. a note and like, pant- no, it was like, let's see how we just interact yeah. without
1: verbal language. And it was language. very calm. Like, typically, you know, maybe at the end of the day, if we're like talking and talking and talking and filling time with words, and then maybe it will turn into a disagreement or a, a, you know, just a little... Yeah. We just, it was quiet. And we just looked at each other. We looked at nature. We sat on the porch. We ate food. We smiled. It was so peaceful. So it was day one and day two were hard. Day three, it was like, okay. Day four... We're like, wow! I don't know what it was like. Just being able to sit with self and feel like and quiet your mind. The longer you sit in silence, you quiet your mind and you train your brain. And then by day five, we're like, we're signing up for the next one. Wow! <laughs> it was just That's like cool. Like I entered the retreat at a level, at one out of ten, like a twelve of anxiety <laughs> and like Aww. just stress. I left at maybe a one.
0: I'm going to say that to Clem and say, hey, we're not going to talk for the next 24 hours. He's going to be like, awesome.
2: (laughs) Thank you. you. Shut up. Thank Thank you. you.
0: (laughs) Wow, he's going to love this recommendation. This is going to be great for our relationship. (laughs) That's crazy. I don't think any couples have really gone 24 hours. Like, you're just, they're just right there and you're just like making the food. Just like. (laughs) And it's hard for Bobby because Bobby likes to talk. Mm. He's a. So did he forget at moments, like want to break it or no? Probably. He's like. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, if you're watching on YouTube, we're speaking in silence. Um, wow. So, okay, okay, you're
0: gonna have to send me his because uh, you've told me a lot about him. I've heard a lot about him because people have said he was yeah. like a comedian and then went into personal development or whatever. But yeah,
1: he's on the pod too. Should listen to.
2: The I want to yeah. hear him.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Wow,
0: he's great. Are you gonna do that? Like four days in silence?
2: <laughs> I would struggle with that. I feel really you would. could do it. I would really struggle.
0: Oh, I feel like you could do it.
2: I even at yeah, and maybe it's like I need to distract myself, but. I have trouble sitting in silence. Yeah. Yeah. My mind just starts racing too much.
1: Well, so actually, Deepak, um, Chopra, in case you don't know who Deepak is, <laughs> he's doing his last and final retreat here in Austin at the end of the year. And it's Silent Awakenings, and it's wow. here in Austin. So
2: that's cool. That is you don't cool. I want
1: to go give it a whirl.
0: I mean, even in the car, I heard try this practice where the next time you're in a car, or in your car, just just drive the car. Just, like, be with nature on a nice sunny day. Sometimes I'll do it. Even, like, the last 10 minutes here, it's really cool. You get to a place of peace. You're like, wow, this is, like, the 90s. You, like, feel <laughs> old school. You feel cool. You're like, ooh, yeah. This is, like, before you had a phone where you're, like, you know, you're, like, voicing someone, listening to a podcast. Like, you're stimulating your brain so much. So, yeah, I think it's really good for us. We probably should be doing it, like, every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, let's talk Soul CBD a little more. Or just Soul. I, yeah. might give me a new product. For yeah. Hormones. was? Who,
2: who did you collab with? Dr. Jess Petrus Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she's a great doctor in this in the space, comes from a very like holistic mm-hmm. view, even though you know she is a doctor. But um, yeah, we started soul CBD, which we're now kind of repositioning to just soul, because we're offering a lot of different wellness products mm-hmm. um, that don't have necessarily cannabinoids in them. But we really offer natural solutions to anxiety, sleep, and pain. And we started it as like a little side hustle just wanted to help people. Honestly, I had my career. I still had one more fight left. She had her career. We didn't plan on like it growing to how it grew, but I just knew... I became obsessed with CBD. It started helping me with, anti- with anxiety. It actually helped me get off of lorazepam that I was on. Mm-hmm. And it just calmed me down before like press conferences and helped me sleep. And so I started diving into that world through my autoimmunity already in terms of working with some of the best nutritionists and doctors in the world to help get me ready. And so it was through there that we kind of was the genesis of the company. And we started with, um, you know, CBD oils and gummies. And now we have an entire supplement line that helps mm-hmm. with anxiety. Anxiety, sleep, pain, focus pills uh, for ADHD. They have a bunch of adaptogens and nootropics, and so I'm really proud of the fact that we've expanded this wellness line, and we have like thousands and thousands of testimonials that come in from people talking how we help them, or they can finally sleep, or they can finally take a breath, <clears throat> and it's so cool. Once again, like I, I do believe pain is a gift, and. We wouldn't have started this company if we both didn't deal with that type of pain. Mm -hmm. And we've always just been huge advocates of let's try to find natural Mm -hmm. solutions to this Mm -hmm. first and let's leave the pharmaceutical option towards the end because I've gone the pharmaceutical route aggressively first and just gave me so many side effects and things got worse. So I just like offering a ton of tools in the tool belt, you know, not that one is going to fix it and not that like you just take a little CBD and all your problems go away, but it's, it's a it big helps. piece of the puzzle for me, but it, but it helps. Yeah. But it's cool. Cause you know, CBD and, and hemp is what we derive all of our products from. It's been around thousands of years and yeah. it's really only recently cannabis in general been demonized and really because of money you know, mm-hmm. it's because it's a plant that grows from the earth. And most of the time that jeopardizes the the pharmaceutical industry, to be honest. And so uh, we're starting to see cannabis being lifted. We're even seeing psilocybin, mushrooms, like that whole movement. I go on and on about that. But I'm, I'm really proud that we're kind of like a part of this mission to make it less taboo and for people mm-hmm. to like truly understand what it is and, you know, how it's activating the endocannabinoid system, a system that's been known about for years. I know CBD just came on the scene, but people need to know that it's safe. Um, It has no toxicity. There's been PubMed studies done that has no liver toxicity. You can't even say that about Tylenol. So to have low risk, high reward options that are plant-based, I think is really important. And I'm glad that more and more people are showing the world that it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good stuff tastes good. Yeah. I was like, you, cover, you just it, nailed
2: yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and he's like, and I, was I was like, was like damn. It is, and it's tasty. I was like, yeah, it's delicious. It's funny because we thought we weren't going to do gummies at all. Yeah. I remember Everybody I said it on an episode. I was like, we're never going to do gummies. Like, we probably won't do that. And now that's like our big focus is gummies. And everyone loves our gummies. Yeah. I think it's the delivery system. Yeah. <laughs> People want it to be delicious, which makes sense. They want to be able to uh, develop that habit. But yeah, I mean, CBD can be used in so many different ways, which is great. Anxiety, sleep, pain, period cramps, uh, mm. now the focus caps. So it's it's very fascinating that it can be that versatile because there's not yeah. a lot of plants that you can say can kind of help just inflammation in general.
1: Like yeah. That. Well, I mentioned psoriasis earlier because I mm. put yeah. CBD. I actually, you can't see my flare-up is going away. I had a huge like on my jaw, like everywhere. And it's now I've been sitting ever since because I was traveling for three weeks. And then I got home and I just sit in front of my red light. Yeah. Mm. And then like, Poof, no way gone. I Wait, love what? the
2: red light I've been getting yeah. great results out of it too yeah. yeah should
1: I get a red light yeah it's like the one biohack that I'm like oh I don't know no for your skin get really? that collagen going no but for okay. inflammation it's but great just sit mm-hmm. in front of it in um, the past four days I go on the sauna with the red light and I'm just like heal my neck and my scalp and even like I don't know if you can see a little my eye I had it on but I mean wow. I've, I haven't had an outbreak for a few years what just, will
0: bring the outbreak on what do you think it is stress yeah mm-hmm. It's interesting. It is. Okay, and, it's mental. And, and then so, it's causing a physical... Right.
1: And then I was traveling so much and then wow. I Died. got home. Yeah. So Been that traveling. changed yeah. and, you know, and then I come home and I sit for 20 minutes by myself in silence mm. in front of the red light and I meditate. And mm. so I'm calming myself down Yeah, and then I'm in the red light and wow. then I go into the cold plunge. Yeah, That's I was just tough.
0: curious if you've created a, if you've seen a correlation with your flare-ups of of like always, high stress moments and then all of a sudden your skin starts mm-hmm. reacting oh, to oh yeah it. my skin reacts
1: wow uh, that's where it shows for it's me so fascinating yeah
2: I think that's why CBD in general can affect so many different things because people get confused they're like well how could it help with pain but it also helps with anxiety and inflammation but Ultimately, what it's doing is it's calming down the nervous system. It's putting the nervous system into homeostasis. So whether that's meditation, breath work, laughing at a comedy, any time that you're getting out of that fight or flight and into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest and heal, I just know for me with autoimmune issues, like any type of modality that can get me out of that stress, even beyond CBD, just helps a trickle-down effect of so many other health issues, basically. Mm, yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Do you all still have the topical or do you yeah. have— You do? Okay. Yeah, we have topical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to get saracids on my armpits, and wow. then I learned— It was only on one armpit. <laughs> Story time. Wow. And so it was really bad. And so I stopped wearing deodorant, and I put topical on my armpits, and it got rid of the CBD. But then I realized I didn't have BO anymore. So I haven't— I've just Oh, you put topical
0: CBD, and it on, got rid of the rash.
1: Yeah. And then I realized because I wasn't putting oh, deodorant smell. on— I did not smell. Mm. I had no BO. So now I haven't worn deodorant in six years. Do you correlate you... the beginning of it to anything? Yeah, I've told this like story. Like the height of stress of Tony up or something? No, no, no. Early oh, it was 20s before. wasn't, it was, you know, my childhood and oh, mom yeah, and yeah. this and that. And so I've told this story and I wrote about it in my book too. But like I went to the doctor because I had, it was like months of just like this major rash. And the doctor was like, are you stressed? I was like, Yeah. Um, I am. And she's like, I'm not going to give you any prescriptions. She's like, I want you to start doing yoga. I want you to meditate and I want you to lay out in the sunshine and get vitamin D. And I was like, okay, well, I can't afford yoga. That's expensive. So I volunteered at a yoga studio in the valley and I would lay at the beach just like. And wow. it healed it. Wow. And mm. she's like, you just need to reduce your stress. What a and cool the, doctor. I know, right? And yeah. this is a free clinic in Hollywood when wow. I was like 21 years old. Wow. Her bodies just don't like
0: stress. That's like yeah. the number one thing after, I don't know if you've realized being in personal development, the health industry, just everything. Like if I had one thing that I'm like, what have I learned in like 13 years of being obsessed with it or studying it or hearing Mike's experience? It's like, it's just all stress. Like if you can figure out that first, then other things don't pile on <laughs> all the other physical mm. ailments, right?
1: Don't you agree? It's like all stress.
2: The huge aspect of it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's huge. I mean, but you know, stress is going to be in your life. It's just having the tools to yeah, manage I guess it, you're like and being like, yeah. okay, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. How am I going to yeah, manage it? Whatever, what are my free, tools? But yeah, yeah, it's it's it yeah. It goes without saying it'll happen, but it's how you react to it and yeah. how you heal from it. Yeah. Well, y'all's. <laughs> I got to drive my tour bus to Coda. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Really? Yeah. Sick. MotoGP <laughs> this weekend. That's no, awesome. Bobby's probably in the driver's seat, like honking the horn right now. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's go. <laughs> He's
1: like, let's go. I love how much fun you guys have together. I feel like you guys have, like, always do fun stuff. Yeah. Like traveling. Like, you're
0: always doing something fun together, right? We are. That's good. You, guys, you should do an episode on that. Because I think that is the secret to an awesome yeah. relationship. Is that you guys have fun together. It <laughs> is awesome.
1: We do a lot of fun things. Yeah. And take advantage of, not advantage of just... The joys in life and yeah. make sure we're just having fun. Being kids together. Just have fun, baby. <laughs> just
0: have fun, baby. <laughs> Don't be stressing. You're a cucumber.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Angie and Mike, for being on the pod. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Here's to radical self love. The type of love that
0: will defeat anxiety. The type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in to be who you already are. The big silence.